The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire. Those that choose to live a life that is victorious, contributing to society and having fun along the journey. Learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories that you create. I'm your host, Stephen Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being a part of the Seven Rock Life journey of changing lives. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Rock Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Zerko, along with my great guest, Jordan White. What's happening, Stevie? I'm doing great, man. So, uh, so Jordan, if you, if you see this on YouTube, he's four foot two, 120 pounds. Um, dude, you keep cutting me out. It was five pounds. I'm 125 now, dude. You're 125 now. I've been Before working out, been eating. 120, unbelievable. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jordan's been a great friend for now. I think it's been uh, now nine years. Nine years, dude. Nine years, and, and, and we met. Uh, I was at Unique Fitness, Unique Fitness in Farmingville, New York, right on Konkama, yeah. uh, and I remember just seeing this guy who was what are you six five six five two hundred and eighty at the time eighty of pure meat yeah straight meat just like six percent body fat <laughs> about that at the about time that. Yeah. and uh, I just straight went up to him savage. and I said you're really small he looked at me like you know four foot one Italian guy like, you were with Eric he was shaking in his boots that you were yeah, even yeah. speaking to me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know and then he started talking and I was like man he, this guy really is intellect he's he's in great shape he has a great heart great story thank you so um, you know it's just great to have you on this podcast and I know we got a lot to cover it's you know, an honor minutes. to be here dude no, honor to be here thank you exciting. for having me and uh, we're, you represent you know uh, the Seven Rock Life brand and I know that you have a little special announcement of some things that you're going to be doing yeah. uh, in your future, which is yeah. exciting. Yeah, super exciting. So, uh, so tell me about your story. Just kind of, um, you know, growing up and, uh, you know, people don't know, you know, want to know more about you. Uh, well, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I went to Longwood High School, um, played every sport possible just to stay active, stay busy, uh, best focused on basketball as the years got on, went to Minnesota on a basketball scholarship and then. Left Minnesota with my tail between my legs. Well, that's for another story. Mm. And uh, ended up coming back to Long Island, far from home, and um, graduated from CW Post. Played basketball for Tom Galizzi there, and you know moved on from there. Yeah. What I mean, what did you learn like during that? Because I mean, playing baseball at Stony Brook and playing a few years pro after. I mean, you learn so much as an athlete, and that embodies you. You know, and, and school is great, but it's like. Something different about that, you know, sport world. What did you take away in those adversities, those highs, those lows? Well, the highs, of course, are incredible. You know, being a student athlete at a big school, even at a smaller school when I went to Post, being a student athlete's the probably the best thing ever. So if you have the opportunity, if you're listening and you're an athlete and you're a student in high school or, you know, you want to truly, 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 no matter how hard you have to work or what you have to sacrifice, being a student athlete, there's an ex no experience in the world like it. Um, the highs were great. You know, when you won, you won big. When you had the opportunity to uh, support the team or contribute positively towards a win, yeah. you're on top of the world. Yeah. But then, you know, losing, quite frankly, sucks. Yeah. And when I transferred from uh, Minnesota to Post, I had to sit out. 
Mm. So yeah, that bench life definitely uh, humbles you. Oh my god, dude! I came. I actually before I went to Minnesota, I went to Stony Brook for a little while, and I uh, <laughs> I was just a student. I was no longer a student athlete, so you didn't have the big crowds, you didn't have the accolades, and it's so humbling. You learn a lot about yourself and you know what it takes to you know when I left Minnesota. Part of the reason I left is because I was a gifted athlete, and I didn't really work as hard as I do now. I didn't have the work ethic. And you were half the size. I was right. so small. Yeah. Well, small by my standards now. Yeah. But when I graduated high school, I was six foot two, couldn't get over 180 pounds to save my life. Wow. When I went to college, you know, they beefed you up a little bit. So, but beefed up for me was six two, six two and a half. I came home 208, um, which I was a scrawny little thing. Yeah. Um, but I was a basketball player. So, you know, you're doing a ton of cardio, you're playing basketball four times a day, you know, you have the metabolism. I was 18 years old, 19 years old, 20. So your metabolism is going a mile a minute. Yeah, and I think, you know, as that athlete or in school, like it's not just the things you learn. It's, it's the discipline. Mm. It's the time. It's the, the culture that you're part of. It's that brotherhood or sisterhood, <clears throat> right? It's that locker room. Correct. Well, I never joined a fraternity because my team was my fraternity. Yeah. You know, did so you, the camaraderie. <laughs> we can't talk you gotta about remember, that. yeah, no, 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 but I just didn't. I came in as a New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> came for the New Yorker, you know, exactly. yeah. with a chip on the shoulder or my shoulder, the size of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct. <laughs> uh, with a chip on my shoulder, the size of the house. So you know, when I came in, you know, you're highly recruited at a high school. You're highly recruited. So they told me I was gonna start and this and that. You know, like the band, everything you see. If you ever seen the movie, I got he got game. Yep. The recruiting trips are mm-hmm. truly like that. They really it's are, yeah. A ton of fun. Sheesh. Yeah. Um, the bus trips were, were hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had a team playing. Did you guys really? Yeah. They won. We had a team playing. Nike sponsored us. If I wanted another pair of sneakers for practice and for games, I got them. But, you know. We had a yellow bus sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the little one. <laughs> oh, um, but when I came home, I was just a student. And not having the accolades and not having to be at practice at 5 a.m. and then get at 2 p.m. and then study hall at 7, you really learn that you lead a privileged life as a collegiate athlete. And it's not to be taken for granted. So when I had the opportunity to play under Coach Khaleesi, my focus was a little bit different. So I worked a little harder. Um, You know, you felt... I felt a step ahead because I came from a D1 program, you know, going to a D2. I felt like I was a step ahead. So I didn't take it for granted as much as I did prior to, you know, yeah. I was fortunate to be a gifted athlete and didn't really have to work as hard as some of the others. Yeah. When did you, so when did you stop your um, basketball journey and, um, and college and everything like that? Was... Shortly after college. Right after college. Yeah. yeah. And then, so cause that's always interesting. I mean, we spoke about it. It's that, a lot of people probably listening to this podcast and listening to this is, it's like that life after sports, right? Mm. And I know for me, because I started my business when I was 20, I was playing baseball, I was building my business. So I kind of had something to lean back. But I remember the day that I walked into the, you know, the office and they said, Mazurko, come in. And it's like, boom, that's like your last day, potentially that you're ever playing that game. Yeah. And then that motivated me to be an entrepreneur because I said, I don't want somebody else to be the architect of my life. Right. Because they're gonna they're gonna own me and tell I'm me totally. when I should play or not, no matter what you perform, right? So that life after sports at 21, 22, some of the people that are listening to this, um, how did you make that transfer? Was did you 
have some struggle with that. Honestly, I did. And the thing that's a little bit different with baseball than with basketball uh, probably is the work. Yep. With basketball, it's just about repetition. Yep. Repetition, repetition. You stay physically fit from playing. So you didn't really have to, especially in the time, you didn't really have to ex- lift weights and so on and so forth. Even when I was in college, I didn't really lift a lot. You know, I lifted when the trainers and the coach was in the uh, weight room. Yep. And when they left, you're telling stories and cracking jokes and, you know, just being an awkward. But after graduating college, there's so many other opportunities to continue to play ball that if you continue to play ball with those who are at a high level, you stay good. Mm-hmm. Baseball is not really the same. You have to put in a little bit more reps and batting practice and all that stuff. So I pursued basketball even after, you know, play on leagues and so on and so forth, just kind of hoping to get spotted. Um, and it's humbling when it doesn't happen. Yeah. So. Uh, and I think a lot of times, you know, people look at failure as like like the worst, but failure is successfully discovering what didn't work. Correct. You know, that's what failure you is. You fail forward. Yeah. And I know it's cliche, you yeah. know, but it's okay. It's like, it's sometimes in today's society, like we're not programmed to fail, where it's like it's either you pass or you fail. Oh, like, forget today's society. Is a, that's a whole nother, a whole nother. Yeah. Marvel, you know, you have uh, no one wins, everyone gets a trophy. Yeah. I was just li- li- uh, reading before uh, The Calling of the American Mind. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you just, you're just saying to me this year, you're like, I'm not taking no like crap from anything. It's That's like, it. 2019, yeah. if you come to me with excuses or nonsense, you're going to be met with a brick wall. Yeah. Not physically, but I'm going to, one of the things I'm learning in, uh, I, I'm doing a lot of reading about NLP, Neuro Linguistic yeah. Pro- Programming. Yeah, yeah and that's really cool. You know, they, you hear a lot of times people use the proverbial they or he or they don't want me to win or uh, they can't. Who's they? You, you, you have to ask that question so that yeah. the people that you're speaking to yeah. are held more accountable. And it may open up their eyes to there is no they. The they is you. So you're your own roadblock. You're creating whatever limitations that are on you. You're creating them. So let's get past that. Let's. Open up your mind a little more. That's, you know, that's a great thing. And I'm sure listeners would love to hear this is I think in today's society, we seek approval from everything and everyone, Correct. you know, instead of approval from what you really want to be. And you told me that the other day, what'd you say? The online, uh, yeah, we have life. an online life and <laughs> offline life. And, you know, like I, I believe in that. It's just, we live, we have two identities and, and we forget to build the real right. identity. Like right. the first social media was, was society. Like, like <laughs> your life, we, yeah, your life is the first social media. And, um, but I think. That's a big thing is when you leave, like you're stripped, you're masked. You're like, all right, I'm out in the real world. So mm-hmm. if you're 20 years old, 21, you know, or maybe you have a career change and you're, you're 40 years old and you're like, it's because you, you can't live that new life with uh, old mentality. And maybe could you touch on just like, you know, that time frame from like 20 years old to, to, to 30, right? How you had to kind of upgrade your software. You had to like figure things out, make yes. money. Having your kid, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're an amazing dad. You actually Thank call you, him uh, my cub. Your cub, <laughs> so awesome. You know, my BFF. And, yeah, raising him as a single dad and just got a, such a good heart. And you know, they got to go to Barbados. We'll talk a little bit <sighs> about that. Can't but, wait to go back. But from like 20 to 30, you know, that transition for you. Uh, my 20s. I, I had a conversation with my nephew about a month ago. We felt like my 20s was three decades long. Because during my 20s, I was really trying to find my identity. And you don't realize it while you're doing it. You, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Now, at 42, I can look back and say, okay, when I was in my 20s, from 20 to 30, I was really just trying to find out who I was and what my message to the world was going to be. But when you're in it, especially coming out of college, 
uh, getting all the accolades and from college and then that coming to a screeching halt. And, you know, I transferred uh, the positives that I got out of playing basketball at a high level and going to college and doing well into my sales career. And I was very good. Because you were doing mortgages. This was before the... Before mortgages, I was in the car. I worked in the bank and then I was in the car business. I did uh, car sales and then finance and insurance. And I was very adept at it. Just something that came naturally to me. My personality was one that worked for cars and I'm a research monkey. So I, I'm always into whatever it is that I'm talking about. I need to, to know more than the next guy because that's always my fear. The reason that I study the things that I do, read the books that I read and have friends that are in a better position, whether it be financially, intellectually, emotionally, educationally, the reason I keep those is so that I can grow and I can learn because when I sit down with someone. I want to make sure that I know what's going on. I know I want to make sure that I know the topic of conversation. So I was in car sales and I killed it. I crushed it. Always the best guy on the floor. Always had stellar numbers. Top guy in the dealership. But I felt like there, I needed more. And I was doing that at 23, 24 years old. So at 23, after I graduated uh, college, I ran the special finance department of Smithtown in Long Island and Westbury in Long Island, Nissan, mm-hmm. together. But I was 23 years old. The men that worked for me wow. were in their 40s and 50s. What? But what do you think made you at 23 to be able to, to have a role like that? Um, I was truly blessed. John has always blessed me with an affinity for whatever it is I'm doing. Whether it's athletics, whether it's exercise, whether it's sales. I've always excelled. And I took for granted that it was something that I was doing. Before I started to find myself more and learn a little bit more about my spirituality, I always thought it was just something I was doing. Um, So then I thought I was just a man. I thought I was just, you know, I could do anything. I could say anything. But I used my gifts for ill. I'd make money and spend it fast and buy motorcycles and cars. And yeah, we, and we don't act our salary or act our wage in today's correct. society. Correct. And I, I thought it was something I was doing so I could do it forever. Yeah. Um, and again, I was trying to find my identity until I crashed my motorcycle, lost my job, you know, had a vicious attack. I was viciously attacked all within 90 days. Yeah. Now what? So I had to hit the reset button. It was very humbling. And I had to learn a little bit about myself. Went back to the drawing board. And when you have adversity, when you suffer through adversity, you learn a lot. The problem is when you suffer through adversity and you believe that you learn a lot and you're 25 now, if you get back to the top or what you think is the top, you start doing the same habits. Yep. And, and I think it's interesting when you look at New York City, right? You can build such great high skyscrapers there because the city, the island, is built on bedrock. <laughs> and But Long Island doesn't have skyscrapers because why? It's, it's built on sand, Silt. Mm-hmm. right? And, and, and dirt. So there's a, there's a restriction. There's a cap. And sometimes we, we build our life, we build our identity on things that are sand and, and, mm-hmm. and dirt instead Correct. of that bedrock. Correct. You know, and that's, that's how the whole Seven Rock Life brand came into play because I hit a low. And I said, all right, what are my seven rocks in life? How do I fill up my cup? You know, a lot of you guys, you know, podcasts you've listened over the past couple episodes, I always bring this up. And it's it's a lot of times we're operating on governors and we're not operating on really what we could be. Correct. You know? Yeah. And and I always say, like, you know, God's gift to us is life and 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 what we do with this life is our gift back to God. 
you know, or to whatever you believe, your higher power, mm -hmm. the universe. And, um, you know, and I think that's such a, a big thing, but that transition. So that was that rock bottom is where you really, you learned. I did. But then as I did said. Did you embrace it though? Or you were just like, why me? Oh, no, I was 24, 25 years old. So, you know, the the sky was falling. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, it's happening to yeah, me. It's, it's, why is this me. happening to me? Uh, what was me? But I did have a good foundation. My mother and father were both anchored in the Christian church. Yep. So, you know, when you did fall, you had something to believe in, something powerful, more powerful than yourself, bigger than yourself to believe in yep. that if you lived right, did the right things you'd be elevated again. Yeah. So I thought I was living right. I thought I was doing the right things. So I was elevated again. That's when I got to the mortgage industry. That's when you actually met me. And I was doing uh, tremendously well. I was expecting my, my son, Devin, to be born and everything was going great again. And lo and behold, we had the refi boom. Yeah. So I was That's 2008, right? Uh, before that. Two th the refi boom happened in 2000. Oh. One, two, One, three, two. four, yeah, five. Yeah, boom, yeah, not the crash. We yeah. were crushing it. It was awesome. But then the bubble burst. Boom and crash could be the same too. <laughs> yeah, boom, it was a boom. A boom yeah. and another boom. <laughs> uh, but then 2007, eight, yes, there was the ref the uh, bubble burst. And then everything that I had was doing and thought was wonderful now is being demonized. Yeah. So it's an industry you, you really, at one time you could say, oh, yes, this is what I do. I run a mortgage company. And, you know, you drive a nice car, have nice suits, a whole nine yards. But then just four short years later, when you say, yeah, I run a mortgage company and you have that same nice car, same nice suits, people are looking at you like, boo, you you're demonized. You must have cheated, you know. You had to have. Yeah. Whether you did or you didn't, you had to yeah. have. You, you know, you're taking advantage of uh, the poor, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the case with my company, thank God. But, you know, it was just, again, the income stream that we had started to diminish. And, you know, you have rock, rocky, when there's a lack of funds, you have rockiness in your relationship. And you had your son, you had your I son, have my son right? then. How old was he? 2000, he's 2008, he was three. Wow. So. So like you're, you're high and then, and then low and you're oh, spending that money too, right? Oh, fast as you get it. Yeah. Because yeah. again, you don't you see it's an monopoly money. It's, it was, it was fake. You couldn't believe the, the amount of money yeah. that was coming through. And it's interesting, I was talking to somebody the other day, Jordan, and I was talking about, you know how people say financial like stability? Mm. And I would say, I think it's better to have financial consistency. Correct. Ugh. You know, because when you're consistent with your income, when you're consistent with your health, when you're consistent with your seven rocks of life, your life is balanced. You know, yeah, we want yeah. stability, but consistency is what we all love. Consistency right? breeds stability, correct. Yeah. You know, and there's six human needs that Anthony Robbins talks about, you know, like certainty, uncertainty. We like, you know, we like certainty, but we also like uncertainty, you know. As like, humans, that's our thing. We need to, uh, if things were really, if we lived in a utopian society, yeah. I truly believe this. As human beings, we'd find a way just to mess it up yeah, yeah. so that we can <laughs> overcome adversity. It's so true. Well, it's like if you're dating, it's like, I'm certain that she's going to like me. It's like, no, you like that uncertainty a little <laughs> exactly. bit, you know. So, but everybody likes you. You're, you're ah, stuck. Stop, yeah. Italian stallion. So, um, <laughs> so now, so that's 20 to 30, yeah. right? You know, you hit rock bottom because a lot of people go through that. Right. And but you have to make sure that you're building yourself on that right bedrock, right? So I, I think for you, having an identity, because one thing I've always admired about you is, you know, we all go through our times and we'll talk a little bit about later, you know, some emotional things with, you know, father and mother figures in your life, but they've they've really put such a great foundation on you, which Thank is so you. Awesome. I was very truly blessed to have the, the parents that I had. Yeah, and they had a great foundation as well. Mm -hmm. But 
identity, right? I think that's such a big thing in today's culture. We have online identity, offline identity. What has kept your consistency with your identity over your life? Uh, the you truth know? of the matter is, is the, the lows that I had showed me that, you know, sometimes you, you put on a mask or you have a, a character or a face. What I've learned throughout my 20s and really my 30s is where I figured it out. So I think, even though I'm learning still, is that what you mentioned before, the consistency. The way, reason that I can do well in my career and in my family and my relationships with platonic and uh, romantic is because I'm me. I, my I found my authentic. identity. I'm totally authentic. I, I found my identity. And it's not hard to create because I'm not creating anything. How liberating is it that it's, it's amazing. You know, you always, in my 20s, I thought I was what I needed to be. I thought that, you know, the character that I was playing was who I wanted to be and who people expected me to be. But deep down, it really wasn't me. And I think sometimes we define our identity with what we have, not what we are. True. And or who we're with. Yeah. That's what I found is who we're with. Um, so which true. is why it's so important to keep good, solid, like yourself, good, solid, um, honest people around you in your corner. And so you can strive to be, you know, the, the old adage that you are who you hang out with. Yep. I've found that to be true. And it took me in my thirties to realize that, you know, and, and unfortunately, as we mature, you sever ties with some of the people that you associated with or that you did business with or. Yeah you were friendly with because the things that they're doing at that time, there's a time and a place for everything. And all throughout life, you have to, I believe that you have to go through certain circumstances and do certain things at certain times in your life to become the man or woman that you are today. But there's also a time that you have to leave those things alone. You know, there's another adage that says, you know, as you become a man, you have to put away the things that a child does. Yep. And I talk about that in my book. Uh, I don't know uh, which chapter Seven personal months. growth or re relationships is pruning. Mm. In life, you mm. know, you're going to go through pruning stages, right? And when you look at a tree, you're like, oh, it's pretty. But then, you know, and I love nature. I think nature speaks to us so much. I, had, I there am geese. one with nature. I had geese the other day. I'm, I'm, I'm writing and stuff, I'm journaling, and I have geese on a white table. And I, I look down and it's glossy. And four times in about 15 minutes, geese fly by. And I see the reflection because of the window. Mm. And I'm like, all right, the universe is trying to tell me something right now. I'm like, first is, how crazy is it that, that those things with no engines are flying? Number two, <laughs> right? That's ridiculous. Number two is, um, like, they know how to get back to where they were. They have, I forgot what it's called. They have something. I heard it the other day on, I don't know what audio or podcast, but uh, they can get back to where they were. And then number three is they're so smart, they work together that the person in the front, the, the, the goose, the geese in the front will shift because they're breaking the wind so the people in the back drafting. you know the geese in the back they're drafting exactly and they work together not to compete but to complete each other right and i think eastern culture versus western culture eastern culture is like let's work together as you a team know, western culture know. this helps you I, i'm gonna go i back. have to step on you to get to where i want yeah unfortunately yeah, and that's why honestly i i started this you know whole journey with book the podcast i'm like because we work together. Like you succeed, I succeed. We we keep perfect. Completing an affinity other. partnership. It's called yeah a complete circle. So the things that benefit you will benefit me. The things that hurt me will yeah. hurt you. So it's my job to deflect the things that can hurt us. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's and great. It's, it's having that you know that 
that mirror to, to you know look at your things and, and I call it cross pollination. <laughs> you know, that's, that's everything back to plants, back to nature. Exactly. I love it. And and natural. But let's talk a little bit about circle of friends. Because I think that's you know, we grew up with these people, these are my homeboys. Yeah, you love them, right? Love them to death. But sometimes they are more like a cup and not a pitcher. Right. You know, could you maybe explain that? Like the, the cup versus the pitcher type of analogy and circle of friends. You know, I don't know if have I ever told you about that? No, no, no. So <laughs> So if you're a cup, I can only drink from this cup, right? It's for me. But if I have a pitcher, I can drink, but it also pour into your life. Right. It's perfect. Right? That's interesting. So I'm very careful with whom I'm around, like with, all right, what can I pour into you? What can you pour into me? Right? Because when I first met you at the gym, I was like, dude, I can learn from him. He can learn from me. This is what I enjoy. Right? So how- I felt the same way. It's funny because we were, we still are, but we were especially then so different in appearance. Yeah. I think I was wearing like a bandana. My hair was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Veins and muscles bulging everywhere. You ever see the Eddie Murphy skit with the little Italian guy at the movie? Theater? At the movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Rocky. Uh, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Yeah. Oh, you just saw you're Rocky. You buying a pot? Yeah, you must. You must have just seen Rocky, <laughs> Mr. Little Italian Man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so funny because uh, if even now, but especially then, because I was so out there, um, if some someone saw us. Communicating in the gym, mm-hmm. they might have thought something was going up, going to happen. Yep. Or they might have thought I was picking on you or whatever because you were very conservative looking at the time and think you had really tight little shorts on. You got a suit at the gym, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you have these really tight little, you know, shorts. Yeah, really? <laughs> now I'm probably wearing gray and black. My friend, my friend uh, Brian in uh, California is like, I was like, why do you have such a simple wardrobe? He's like, because successful people don't take time in their brain to think about what they Too wear. Too much space. I he said, told me that. That's man. awesome. I'm like, you're so right. Yeah. And I got more creative ever since I changed my wardrobe. Of course, so Brian, awesome. if you're listening to this, thank you, my man. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. He's out in California killing it. Yeah, he's going to be on a podcast soon as well. He awesome. actually uh, owns a clothing brand out there and uh, Finch Clothing. I'm sure he's going to make you go to California for that. He's not no, coming he's here coming with these Really? No, he's coming here. Wow. Yeah, Progress. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, another great guy. So, yeah. circle of friends for you, right? Yeah. You, a lot of people listen to this. How do you choose your friends? What do you look for in, in friendships? What is a friendship to you? Uh, friendship to me is everyone that I call my friend, I can depend on in one way or another, and they can depend on me. Um, those that are truly my friends, I they don't judge as I don't judge them. And we can, much like yourself, how many times have we been on a road trip? or in-house, and we can literally be silent in a car for 45 minutes with each other. And there's not that tension or uncomfortable feeling where you need to fill it with words. So that's part of it. We can be on and off. On and off. And it's like you never skip a beat. But a true friend to me is someone that you can count on, someone that you can uh, go to in a moment of crisis, go to in a moment of adulation when something's really awesome. And they're not going to try and steal your thunder by either outdoing you or bringing you down based on, oh, I know you said everything's going good for you, but my life sucks. So my true friends can tell me when their life sucks and can count on me to pick them up. They can tell me when things are great and count on me to make them feel like it's the best thing in the world. And my true friends, I can do the same with. You can be vulnerable with them. Completely. Yeah. That's Which is why, you know, you really don't have a lot of friends. I have a ton of people that I'm friendly with. Yeah. But my friends, I could probably count on a hand and a half. Mm-hmm. When I'm f- truly blessed to have that. I'm very fortunate because most people don't have that. But I'm truly blessed. Another 
um, really important attribute of my of a friend is honesty, yep. because we honesty. all need someone to tell tell us when we're screwing up. Yep. We need someone to tell us when what our ideas are, our actions are, are just not kosher, are just not right. And if everyone tells you everything you ever do is great, you, you know you, you're basically creating a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> so you need someone to kind of tell you, hey, listen, just dude, what you're doing is wrong, or yeah. or you need to get on and, this, or and we've both done that actually just recently, the past couple months. I've done that to you, <laughs> to me, and I've and done, done, done that to me. Correct. You're like, dude, wake up, like, yeah, dude, wake up, <laughs> right? So it's, but that's, it's, you know, that's covering your blind spots. That's a great friend mm-hmm. being there and it's having grace with strength, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with circle of friends, you kind of have, you know, a couple questions for you is what have been some coaches in your life or people that have been, you know, great mentors in your life that have really, you know, helped you, you know, who are those you know, two, three people and what are the things you've learned from them, you think? Uh, well, thankfully, Steve, you've been one of them. Yeah, um, appreciate that. Seriously, ever since I've known you, you've always been genuine. You've had my back. You've taught me things. You've I've learned from you. You've learned from me. I've always felt like you're genuine and honest. Um, so you, I count you as one of my mentors. You know, and it's very rare to find someone that's younger than you that you can count as a mentor. But and that's smaller. that's way smaller. You're yeah. way smaller. But, I, but I, I, love, I, love, I love seeing my friends succeed. I think you know, yeah. like, it's like you it get shows. envious. It shows. No, it's like I want you to crush it, man. Yeah, like, I'm totally. so excited. You know, we'll announce it at the end. But with your, you know, thing that you're upcoming endeavor, like, yeah, I'm so excited great. for you to just change lives. And, yeah, and, totally. One rep at a time, so, baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, so I count you as one of my mentors. I count you as one of the people that's changed my life tremendously. You you helped me to think in different ways at a time when I needed. Um, my friend Ramon, he's really, truly my brother. He's someone that I can count on any time of the day. He's been integral in helping me become a good father, become, which I hope that I am, become a good father. person, become a what your good son, businessman. Way, looks at you, you know, I saw in Barbados, I'm like, that is awesome. Yeah. And then one day when I become a dad, it's like, you're, you're cub. Dude, I'm not scared of anything. I'm six foot five, 265 <laughs> pounds today. I'm not scared of anything. No. But being a good dad scares the crap out of me. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Um, but awesome. Ramon is awesome. Um, your father, your dad has dropped so many jewels and nuggets on me in his, in his, uh, strict well, Italian kind of way. Added. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. You know what's funny? I said it another day. Actually, last night, I said, you know what's interesting about your knowledge, dad? You know, and, you know, it's like, your parents, they, you know, they have some things that are great and then some of their information is expired, mm-hmm. you know, and, but some of it's great. And, mm-hmm. but some of the stuff I've learned from other mentors or him, it's like, it's seeds that are harvesting, but like 10 years later. <laughs> yeah. You know? They'll drop something on you and you're like, but it harvests. You like find out down the road. my father, my father dropped so many jewels on me that at the time, you know, and again, it's cause he's my dad. Yeah, talk about your parents because, yeah. you know, I, I know you've been through a lot, but they, yeah. they've been such a big role and I'm sure they've been such big mentors to your, your life. So, you know, my mother and father were both huge mentors of mine in different ways. Um, unfortunately, I lost my mother two years ago. I lost my father six years ago this month. And both very, very difficult to, to get through, crushing, you know, different times in my life. Um, But my mother was the intellectual. My mother was a strict disciplinarian. My mother really taught me organization. 
My mother was probably the most organized woman I've ever come across in my life, unfortunately, until her life was near the end. Yeah. Uh, then it turned into chaos. Um, but for as long as I can remember, my mother was so organized and detail-oriented and everything had to be crisp down to the nines, whether it's the way you dress, the way you speak, the way you walk. Everything had to be a certain way. Even the way that you ate your food had did to be done a certain way. Did she have, did she have anxiety in her life or no? Like, did you she... know, I, my, I come from a Caribbean family, so we don't believe in anxiety. Yeah. And, you That's know. so interesting because <laughs> I talk about that in a book. Like, anxiety, in my opinion, doesn't exist. No, no, it's, no. It's nonsense. Self, you know, it's self-inflicted. Complete nonsense. And, um, but when you're organized, you don't have anxiety. You don't. You, you clear the clutter out of your Correct. life, your home. And Correct. So it's just, it reminded me of something that I talked about. And, you know. Uh, yeah. the Caribbean culture is good, man. Yeah. But... give you a good price, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you dealing with, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but my mother was organized and she was the intellectual and she was the one that pushed reading and broadening horizons and learning other cultures. And she was a, um, she was a psychologist by degree and by trade, but she also got a theology degree. So she was a Baptist Christian reverend, really? which is such, I mean, the two worlds, I don't understand that. I still to this day don't understand how my mother Kept it together because you have science on the one hand, which is her psychology, yep. and then you have religion, which is her theology. Yep. But somehow, both in her professional practice and in her religious practice, she was able to combine the two. So, you know, typically for centuries, you have scientists arguing with, with uh, religious uh, zealots. Yep. So she found a way to meld the two. That was my mom. Mom was awesome. Mom created the uh, intellect in me, the intellectual in me. My father was warm. My father, my father was very huge, very social, very warm. Um, but he was quiet. He he. When my mother, he was a great provider. He his work ethic was second to none. And a lot of the jewels and gifts and attributes that my father demonstrated, I picked up or kind of demonstrated later in life. I didn't feel like I had a good work ethic when I was young because I was just talented. And, you know, the gifts that job bestowed on me, I just used them because I thought they were mine. Um, it wasn't until I became an adult, probably in my 30s, that I decided that hard work has its merit. Um, but my father was very warm, had a ton of people that cared for him and respected him. And more so than I knew, and I only found out as how much... When he passed, mm. you know, he had almost 1,100 people wow. at his uh, wake, at his services, you know, and one of the people that was at his service was the vice president of the Long Island Railroad, who's like, at the, well, at the time, she was like a shut-in. No one ever saw her. She was almost like a phantom. She mm. sh showed up to my father's service. Wow. Powerful. And you it know, was amazing. Did I tell you the, the quote? I heard it a couple of weeks ago, randomly from somebody. Is There's two days that you die in life. Mm, the day that you, you did die tell in me flesh. That. Oh. And the day that your name's never set again on earth because you never made an impact for your family and society. powerful. And I know for me, that shifted me. Mm. Like, when people say they lack energy, I said it to somebody actually in Best Buy this morning. I was like, he's like, I'm tired. I'm like, dude, it's, <laughs> I have it's, no it's time it's for 10 o'clock, you know? And I'm like, I'm wired, you yeah. know? And it's just like... 
I'm high on life. But like when you have a dream and you have a purpose and you know your identity, you know your gift that God gave you, I think you'll you'll have so much energy. And seeing that your dad that had- Being on fire. That's yeah. that's the true definition of being on fire. And what's interesting in the woods, like with a family, right? You know, and I'm sure this, your parents did this for you, is one flick can light up a whole woods. You've seen it in California, mm-hmm. one like, you oh, know, you know tire, right? And one flick, one person in a family can change the whole lineage of the family. One one person, one flick, just like a woods, yes. right? And would you say that your, your mom and dad were kind of like that flick for you where, you know, and it's interesting to see like um, how your mom was such, you know, she was so organized, so focused. Your dad was giving, you know, he was silent or peace, right? Yeah. And you, you've always said this actually, you know, before I go to the next thing is you enjoy silence. Love it. You know? Love it. Could you explain a little bit about that? Because I think in today's society, we need like noise. I think we need noise in today's society. In my personal opinion is because we're partially with our upbringing and our educational system. You know, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're scared to uh, a lot of times be inside of our own minds. Yes. And we're uh, trapped by our own thoughts and insecurities. Because when you're quiet... It's your insecurities that you think about. You don't think about how good you're doing in something else. It's think about what you're doing wrong and what could be different in your life and so on and so forth. But just like failing and failing forward, you need to understand, in my opinion, where you're lacking, where you're deficient, where you could improve, where you could be better. And that's what creates the fire to go out tomorrow and do it again and go out tomorrow and do it again. People may say, your things are going great. Good for you. Congratulations. Yada, yada. But I've tattooed across my chest. It says never satisfied. Mm-hmm. Now, that that's no negative connotations to that. I'm happy. I'm truly happy. I live a happy life. I love what I do. I love what happens to me every single day. But, you know, every one of my clients, every one of my friends knows that my favorite word in the English language is more. Yeah. I want more. I want to I wanna learn more. I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to lift more. I want to... Read more. You're growth-oriented. I'm totally yeah. growth-oriented. So with that said, when you're silent, when you're in your own head, most people, in my opinion, because I don't know that many people, but most people, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, read, heard, watched the news, listened to podcasts, most people are scared of their own thoughts, yep. are scared to face their own realities, are scared to understand their own insecurities or scared to understand their own deficiencies. But if you're scared of your deficiencies, you're scared of your insecurities, you'll never get past them. You'll never overcome them. So yeah, I like to be quiet and just be in my own head and listen. Yeah. Cause then you start to discover like what, what your car can really do. Who are you? Yeah. Sometimes we let other people drive our car and we don't even know the horsepower behind it. Right. And cause that's a big thing. Cause you were training you after the mortgage, you started training, doing fitness, LA fitness and all that. Mm -hmm. Right. Then you ended up going to a billion dollar plus company. You know, you're like, I think you're the top three, top five now. Number two, yeah. Number two in, in the whole nation. Yeah, 4,731 fitness professionals. Yeah. You know, with working, you know, at Lifetime. Lifetime Athletic, that. correct. Yeah. Awesome place. I mean, it's, Love it. Like no other. <laughs> the first time I went there, I'm like, this is 200,000 square feet rock climbing. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Full service spa, rock climbing. Yeah. Oh, man. It's unbelievable. I could never go back to another gym. It's, you can't. And we'd actually, at Lifetime Fitness, you know, uh, we're not really considered a gym. We're a lifetime brand, lifestyle yeah. brand, because there is so much. What I believe our, 
our uh, idea was was to take the country club lifestyle yep. because you can spend your entire day. Let's I'll squ- I'll uh, frame it. You bring your children. They stay, they play in a kids club. That you have two hours to play in a kids club. In that kids club, they can play basketball, learn on the computer, draw, kids yoga, mommy and me gymnastics. There's a million and one things that your kids can do. The reason that we our kids club is so good is because if you're focused on your kids not wanting to go to the gym, then you're not going to really engage in whatever program that you're being offered at the at said gym or said fitness club. And it's a rock of life, and being able to one of the rocks. Somebody watching, correct, and be comfortable. Correct, and fully engage in it. Yeah. and that's the whole thing is being engaged. And we talk. Well, we'll talk about that also later about being engaged and being in the moment. That's one of my one of my pillars. Yeah. So So with fitness though, right? right. What what do you enjoy about cuz you know I know you have other projects you're really and cuz I think a lot of people in life they're like, "Oh, it's too late. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> 25 years old." Right, yeah. dude, you're 25. You're Seriously. Like, you're 45 <laughs> years old, you know? And yeah. age is just a number. It's all number. mentality, Correct. right? Um so for you, what do you enjoy, you know, about what you get to do? You know, like transforming people because you know, I, I heard it today sometimes, you know, the thing that that you want to do to somebody is not going to benefit them. It's making sure that, Hey, it's going to benefit them, you know, and, and what you do with training is, is awesome. You, you help people, Thank you. you know, you're the architect of their, their body and their minds. Right. So talk about that, how you kind of help them, you know? Uh, well, my, uh, one of my mantras is that I want to change lives and the way that I'm able to do it. My uh, avenue of, of change is one rep at a time mm-hmm. is I help to change you physically um, and in doing so, it'll empower you. But what most people don't understand is during that physical exchange, when you're exercising rigorously, there's endorphins and your serotonin and your dopamine levels, they rise to a point where yep. you feel good. Like these are all feel good chemicals. Yep. So if I can get your serotonin level nice and high because we had a rigorous workout and I can get your dopamine levels to rise a half hour, 45 so minutes, better. you feel better. So wow. whatever you're, you know, a lot of the people that come and see me in the morning, a lot of my, some of the Fortune 500 company CEOs, CFOs, yep. CEOs um, that come and see me, they're able to tackle their high stress or high pressure jobs a little bit easier, a little bit better because they feel better. Yeah. And reality is if you feel better, if you look better and you are comfortable with now or feel better about how you look or how you're performing, forget about aesthetics, just how you feel you'll be able to handle the stressors in your life a little bit better and your anxiety will kind of fade away a little bit. And like even now in today's world, I was just listening how 30 years ago they made fun of meditation, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know, or just, you know, certain workouts. But it's like with what you do, meditating, like just kind of being in the moment, being present, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when you're with your son, I know you're very present. You're, I you're try to be, absolutely. And even working out, I see people, they're, on the, they're in the gym for three hours, but, but an <laughs> hour they're talking, an hour they're on the phone, and then... Maybe 45 minutes are working out, right. you know? So maybe... Could you and those about- same people, Steve, those are the ones that come to me and say, well, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. But what you just said, I mean, that's that's why I said it's, it's, it's a rock of life. Like, if you're depressed, go to the gym. Lift. You know? The best form of antidepressant ever is a push-up. Yeah. <laughs> it pushes you back up. Correct. Correct. You're no. pushing the problems of the world away from you. Yes. Yes. And and we live in a very, could you talk about this? Because I, I love your mentality of, we live in a um, um, kind of prescribing world mm. versus, versus um, preventing yeah. world. Yeah. So talk about that with your nutrition, because what's your nutrition background? I mean, you have a uh, Nutritionally, I, I have, yeah, there's a couple things. I started out 
when I first got into fitness, uh, how many years ago was that? 12 years ago, 13 years ago now. Um, when I first got into fitness, um, my very first certification was ISSA, International Sports Science Association. And with that certification, it was mandatory. You had to go through nutritional training, you know, because you can't be a, a fitness professional without knowing nutrition. Now, you could be a trainer. Trainers, anyone. Trainers, someone that can show you how to do a bicep curl and do a push-up properly. Yep. But a f- true fitness professional is someone that can handle your nutritional needs, can handle your fitness needs, and can kind of, <laughs> without, without truly having a uh, degree, listen to your problems and help you navigate the, the problems in your life through yep. fitness. Um, just because doing those things, eating the right foods and doing the right exercise will help to give you clarity. So that being said, my I also am a, a precision nutrition certification. I have that uh, level one. I'm working on a precision nutrition level two uh, this coming April. Awesome. Um, it's only offered twice a year, but it's the formal. It's any fitness facility in the nation. Precision nutrition you can walk in the door with. It's something that's very comprehensive. It's not easy to get, and it's pretty. Uh, Pretty strong. It's but, very close to a degree. But see, here's the thing. You're top of the game. You're number two, number three in the nation, right? Thank you. Not and, not at the top yet, though. But, but we got more to do. And there's always, even when you're at the top, there's a next top. Yes, There's a new correct. top that you, you create, yes. right? And look at, you know, you look at certain athletes with, you know, Tiger. You look at, you know, Derek Jeter, all these guys, you know, uh, Ron Demio, all these people. So why do you always want to, like, thrive? Because there's survivors and thrivers, and I talk about that in the book. You know, what makes you thrive? Like what, what's in your DNA to make you thrive in learning more, growing more, you know, all these areas? Well, the truth of the matter is, is in my humble opinion, um, if you're not growing and learning, you're dying. Yep. So I don't want to die. You're too young to die. So what I want to do is I always want to, two things. I always want to learn. I always want to grow. I always want to do more, as I said before. But my fear Part of the reason that uh, I continue to get new certifications and I continue to grow is my fear is when I sit down with a potential client, they know more about what's on the cutting edge than I do. Yeah. And I just, I can't let that happen. That is such a key thing. And if you're listening to this, right, upgrading your software is so important in all aspects of life. No one's using iOS 2. Yeah. Or and iOS 11. trying to operate. <laughs> and, and that's why fillers in life are such a... Bad thing television. Because, yeah. Television. Bad. I just ordered 11 new books, but I just love learning. Yeah. You know, either you're going to learn from it or it's going to learn from you, you know? And, you know, I think that's such a big thing is being at the top of the game because you cannot influence if you don't have content to give out. You need new content. New content. Your content cannot be old. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we talked about where you, what you were saying with parents, where their, uh, their information it just might be outdated. Yep. It just might be, you know, a little stale. So, you know what? You stay on the cutting edge. You should stay on the cutting edge of everything. And I don't mean watching the, uh, you know, the television and listening to what Fox News or CNN or, you know, any, it's gossip. It's, you know, I hate to use the term, but it's fake news. Pick up a book of someone that's been successful, that's proven successful. You know, Ed Milet, you know, uh, Barry Habib, all these titans of their proverbial, of their uh, uh, industries. Yeah. How'd they do it? And that's what's Dave so, Goggins, yeah, incredible, yeah. The, the willpower. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, that was Jesse Itzler, uh, his book. I just, you know, I just picked that up, actually. Nice. And that is so key, like, association, reading, and then 
what's so great about like audios and podcasts in this world is that you can be on the fly mm-hmm. on a room listening to two people talk. Yes. And you can get literally 50, 60 years of wisdom within three hours, days, yeah. a week, 30 minutes, whatever it yeah. is. And then life becomes an open book. Test. Love the podcast nation. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's huge. And you know, for you now, like with where you're at and, and where you want to go, what, I mean, well, actually let's go this. Some people want to get into you know, nutrition, right? They want to get into shape. They want to stay consistent with it, right? Financial consistency, fitness consistency. What are five things you think that people that you, when you audit a lot of clients, you train people listen to this, they want to get into shape. They want to be consistent with their body, their health, five things. I know there's a lot of things. What are five elements or five things that can help them through their fitness journey? Uh, number one, you truly have to have a goal. You'll, I've come across countless clients or potential clients that say to me, Jordan, I want to get fit. I want to get more tone. I want to get leaner. I want to get in shape. What the, does that mean to you? And I'll, I'll stop them, as so I said. What is it that, what does fit mean to you? What does fit look like? Be more specific. So when you, when you have a goal, I say this to everyone that I meet, whether I'm mentoring, whether I'm teaching them, coaching. When you have a goal, there's three things that you have to understand. Number one, you have to pinpoint and be specific on what your goal is. If you want to get fit, what does that mean? Does that mean you want to lose 20 pounds? Does that mean you want to do, be able to do 10 push-ups, 10 pull-ups? What does that mean to you? So number one, what is your goal That's specifically? Yeah. Number two, there's an adage, a goal without a date is mm. simply a wish. Yeah. So number two, when do you want to achieve that goal? You have to have an ironclad date on when you want to achieve that goal because that's what builds accountability if you say oh i want to get fit when you want to get fit by when by what date and most people are baffled by that oh the summer what does that mean the summer does that mean june 21st does that mean july 1st what does that mean so you have to have a specific date and the third and probably the most important portion of getting to a goal is you have to determine in your life what you're willing to sacrifice or give up in order to achieve that goal. That's amazing. It could be your time. It could be your sweat. It could be pain. It could be financial. So, and this is for all goals, not just fitness. This yeah. is for all goals. Number one, what is it you want specifically? Number two, when do you want it specifically? Number three, what exactly are you willing to give up to get it? I literally just wrote that before you said the last one because I'm like, this is, but that goes to anything. Because like when you really take an audit of that, right? What do you want? That could go for your, your fitness, could go for your bank account, go for your relationship, Everything. go for your identity, right? Everything. You, you got it. Because how are you going to build a home with no blueprint? You can't. You know, people plan more for a vacation than they do for their life. That's true. Right? Yes, you know, it, it's It's crazy. Um, second thing is like you need a date because when, when we operate on, on deadlines and the challenge, is, um, um, the challenge is a lot of times we don't have these deadlines and these deadlines is how we operate the most, Right. The third thing is, what do you want to give up? Could you talk about delayed gratification? Could you talk about clearing the clutter out of your life? Delayed gratification. Uh, there's so many different ways that you can talk about delayed gratification, but I'll because I'm in the fitness universe, I'll keep it to fitness. One of the things that I tell my clients or potential clients is stop getting on the scale every day. Uh-huh. Stop looking in the mirror every day. Enjoy the journey because... You're going to get there if you, three things, work hard, show up, and listen. That's all I ever ask my clients. Those three things. Everything else, I'll get. Everything else, I will uh, make happen with you. As long as you show up, you work hard, and you listen, right? So 
Next is just enjoy the journey mm. because if you're out of shape, let's say you're 25 pounds overweight, it didn't happen in 90 days. Yeah. So believe me, whatever 90 day challenge you're on, if you lose the 25 pounds in those 90 days, there's a good chance it's not going to be sustainable. You would say basically you need to marry the work and, and just and, love it. And Enjoy it. Focus on the, the Don't the focus result. on the results. The, result the, re will the results will come. Yeah. I, I explain to my <laughs> potential clients and a lot of them don't like to hear this, but I say, you know, I'm not worried about your aesthetics. I'm not really concerned with weight loss or weight gain. What I'm concerned with is improving the quality of your life. So yeah. by teaching you how to get healthy, by teaching you how to do things properly and form proper, the weight loss or weight gain will come. It's like the byproduct. It's literally the garbage portion of what it is we're going to do. But I'm going to help you hopefully, potentially learn more about yourself, learn how to do certain things. So the short answer to what you asked is that delayed gratification. Work hard now. One day you'll walk past the mirror yeah. and you'll go, oh my God, who is that? Or someone else will do it, but it's not going to happen overnight. So you have to, as I tell people, pack a lunch and just get ready to work. Put your hard hat on and go to work and learn to enjoy it. If you enjoy the journey, it won't seem so tedious. Yeah. And also set little goals along the way. Because your initial goal, the goal that you, what you want, it should so be daunting. True. It should scare you. But if you, and it'll, it'll seem almost hopeless and, and impossible to get to. And it should. But if you set little goals along the way and you achieve those goals, you get excited. Think about when you look at a GPS. They don't tell you what you're doing three miles from now. <laughs> Correct. They tell you what you're doing Make like a left. 300 feet. Please turn right in. 1.2 <laughs> right? But I got something about that, right? With, yeah. with GPS, and I explain this about life. You know, I, again, my mantra is changing lives one rep at a time. So let's talk about I'm life. I'm so excited for your brand. Me too, it's baby. Gonna, Me too, baby. so awesome, man. Um, you don't, GPS doesn't tell you when there's a speed bump or a pothole, right? Yep. But they're there. But if you hit the speed bump or pothole, that doesn't change your destination. Mm. You still have to work to get to your destination. Yep. If you hit a pothole, it's jarring. Sometimes it might even make your car run a little bit different. But if your car's still running, you still got to get to that destination. Yep. So don't stop. Love it. Love it. So, um, you know, in wrapping up the next, you know, uh, couple minutes is... Uh, Talk about, you know, what you're going to be launching you know, in the next couple of weeks. Because this is exciting. It's exciting. You know, it's, been, been, it's been in the works. For a little while, yeah. And, and uh, uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited too. Came up with it. You're you know, ready to take it to the next level. So share with the... Over the, the next crowd. couple of weeks, we're going to be launching uh, Jordan's Bootcamp. We're going to have an online subscription-based application and website where you can get not only uh, incredible content on how to get fit, how to um, eat right, in order to help you to get to get fit but there's so much more to it i want to make sure that there's interact there's an interactive portion where you can get with me once twice a week um to talk about your nutrition to i'll share little tidbits on how i got to where i am physically how we get to where you need to be physically yeah because i've seen the results you've got them with people you know, and you're maxed out. Like there's no more time in your schedule Yeah. or else you'll have no life. You know? Yeah. So I'm getting close now. Yeah. This is, <laughs> people are going to be able to get, you know, that one-on-one, -on -one, right. you're going to get that group training I and mean, right. your environments that you have. Cause every time we go into to gym at lifetime, I'm like, the environment's amazing. It's amazing. We you do know? create quite a buzz and you know, I can't take credit for that. A lot of times it's, we've just been very blessed and fortunate to have great people that are looking to achieve their goals and be able to help them get to their, whatever goal he, he or she 
my clients or potential clients are looking to get to. You know, we have the, we have the technology, we have the motivational skills, we have the equipment and, uh, you know, we have everything, but what we are lacking is the effort. Mm. So if you bring the effort, you've got everything else to get you there. So. I took one of your boot camps and I wasn't walking right for about five days. That was correct. However, <laughs> now the thing with that is if you come and become what we talked about before, more consistent. I know. No, a hundred percent. I did it once and then I did my other workouts and, but, but yeah, no, you're the stuff. I see the results with people. Thanks dude. It's, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And, and we talked about that before. We found a way to, um, the part of the reason I got into fitness is because I found a way to change lives. Yeah. And coach and teach and learn and create bonds and create a community because that's what we have a community. Yeah. And what I want to do with the launching of the website and the launching of the app and the launching of uh, the new brand is create an even bigger community where we can show and spread love and, and that sense of purpose. And for everyone out there that's listening, it's coming. It's in the works. Within the next 30, 60 days, you'll be able to subscribe. You know, you'll be able to, to learn the things and I'll be able to share with you the things that I've learned over the past years, you know, over a dozen years of, of learning and fitness and, and spirituality. And there's going to be an element of community in there. And I think that's so important. That's so important is that element of community because if we're all working together towards a common goal, whether that, no matter what goal that is, and we're utilizing fitness as the platform to do so, we'll be unstoppable. And you're also, you were telling me you're going to be doing like two times a year retreat right. to like different places, right. you know, exclusive places, but only a certain amount of people. Correct. You know? right. And uh, that's going to be cool. Because, you know, when you go on like vacation, it's nice. Yeah. Well, I call it like, I call it traveling, uh, you know, like, because vacation is like you're vacating. You know? <laughs> yeah. You got to come back to life. Yeah. And, um, but that's going to be really cool because then you get to build that, that culture, that community, yeah. which people and love. Who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to exercise in a Beautiful setting. You remember when we were in Barbados? Oh my gosh! We're overlooking the talk ocean. About a, talk about a bar Barbados. Oh man. my goodness! What that a villa. what a time! That villa was unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. But you know, every morning you you wanted to wake up and look at the view and see the sunrise. You know, for us early risers, man. and when you came out and we were pushing and exercising in that on that little uh, platform overlooking the ocean, overlooking a cliff as the sun's rising behind us. You cannot tell me that you did not feel one with nature. And that's the whole idea. We want to make sure that you get to these exotic locations and beautiful surroundings so that you can feel one with nature and yeah. get connected. We There's a great book. Um, uh, why did I forget the name of it? Um, can't think of the name of it. Why am I blanking out right now? But I'll get back to you in a second. But just how nature is so important. Super you know, important. Oh, wild at heart. Mm. And talks about just like we were, you know, we were in, you know, this is how we were born. This is what nature is all about. And we sometimes are so far away from what we were cultivated to be. Does that yeah, make sense? Totally. I don't know when we, we were there and seeing your son, he had so much water. Oh, he loved he loves it. loves water. He loved it. The funniest was, you, you got to imagine, Jordan, he worked out already. I woke up. He's in the hot tub. <laughs> I worked out at do. 545 every morning and yeah. watched the sunrise. And then the best was seeing my mom dancing to Pitbull working out. And <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So um, where, where can people find you? You know, in wrapping up, where can people find you uh, on social media, you know, your website, you know, once everything launches? It's going to be CustomBodyShapers.com and that's Shapers with a Z C-U-S-T-O-M-B-O-D-Y-S-H-A-P-E-R-Z Custom Body Shapers on Instagram it's also at Custom Body Shapers uh, on Facebook you'll find it's Jordan White um, 
So those are the social media networks that we're associated with now. Yeah. Uh, coming soon, next 30, awesome. 60 days, and we're going to make only, sure that's It's going to be, you know, packed out. Like, there's only going to be a certain amount of spots because you're going right. to really have exclusive. It's right. about, you know, the quality, not quantity. Right. We've got a, a bunch of potential uh, signups already that are looking forward to being part of this community. Um, so, yeah, do you want to get on? Do you want to get on board? Because we're going to be, you know, we're going to be pretty limited, especially with the traveling and the retreats that we do two or three times a year. Yeah. We want to make sure that these are... Uh, as many people can come as possible, but you can't have too many. Yeah. So I think in first come, first serve. People want, you know, truth. They don't want information. And right. You're giving them truth content Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, so huge. I'm and, excited. Uh, it's going to be a great venture. You know, I look forward to having you on at first retreat with us, Steve. Yeah. And I know you're going to be doing, uh, you know, charity, uh, a portion of it. Yeah. It's a portion of the proceeds for every subscription is going to go to charity. Yeah. Um, that Which will be listed later. We'll talk more about what charities we're going to be helping to support. But, you know, I think that's very important to give back. Yeah. And speaking of charities, remember in Barbados, this part of what gave yeah. me this idea in speaking with you is what we did in Barbados. Uh, cool. For those who don't know, Steve and I have been French for quite a long time and we, we vacationed recently in Barbados. And the level of poverty in Barbados... It was eye-opening, yeah. It's very eye-opening. And, you know, what was really, really um, touching was that Regardless of how poor the people were, everyone was so happy. Yeah. So happy. So true. So what uh, Steve and I decided to do was uh, just to give back a little bit. And the American dollar is very strong in Barbados. What was it, two to one or something? 50 cents for yeah. for a Barbados might dollar? It might be more like three 53 or, or yeah, 67. So we went to a grocery store and just bought the necessities. Rice, Every, peanut butter, bread. Everyone's looking at us crazy. But it was great to have Devin, my son... Yeah be a part of that and understand giving back and, you know, charitable works and uh, philanthropy yep. so that, you know, cause here we are, he asked me when we were in another time in the, the Dominican Republic, Hey daddy, how come everyone's not wearing shoes? All the kids are running around shoeless barefoot. Hey daddy, where are all the kids shoes? And here's a kid at the time he was just turning 11 who had $180 sneakers on his feet. He had an iPhone in his po one pocket and a Nintendo DS in another, wow. and Dr. Dre beats on his head. You know, meanwhile, these kids have no shoes. And I explained to him, but they either eat today or they wear shoes. So yeah. which would you choose? Um, of course, he said he'd choose the shoes, but that's <laughs> that's another thing. So what, we created, have to give back. Yeah, that's how I created Project Impact Charities. I went down to DR, mm -hmm. and it's on my website. And I just, at 15 years old, I saw these kids. They wanted my socks after me playing two games. That's crazy. And I'm like, dude, you want these? But they were smiling, but they like they wanted the socks because they don't have they have so little, mm -hmm. you know. And I think when when you're blessed, you know, with with you know things in life, especially in this country, you know, giving back is everything. You have you to know? give back, yeah. and uh, and just being able to do that so yeah. but i really appreciate it. i got one question for you yeah baby right? come on uh this is a question that we always ask people before so this is like the end of the wrap up question, okay right? uh if you could put a message on a billboard for the whole world to see what would it be that message mm. i know this is a tough wow. this is a tough question this one message one message that the whole world could see on a billboard what would that message be mr jordan white Hmm. Mine would probably be one word. Sincere. Mm. I love it. Why? In everything that you do, whether you do it good or you do it bad, do it with your whole heart. Do it sincerely. Uh, 
Stay true to who you are, what you are, what you believe in, what you stand for. No matter what's coming against you, no matter who's coming against you, be sincere. Mm. Jordan, it really was a pleasure to have you. Awesome time, dude. This was great. People are definitely affected by your story, your touch, you know, of just um, the things you've gone through. And thank you for being authentic and, and, and vulnerable. And we appreciate it. And um, we're excited to see where you're going to go. These oh, 2019 is going to be a big year for both of us, buddy. But you've changed. You're going to change tremendous more on our lives. That's and, what the hope is. Jaw willing. Along the way. Yes, sir. So thanks for tuning to Sin Rocks Podcast, guys. Love you all. Uh, leave a review uh, if this has touched you. And uh, God bless you all.